Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And they will be used by the Lord to reach out to minister to those on the earth. And one of, one of the things I really love is that God is going to preserve them. And how is he going to do that? He's certainly going to put a seal on their foreheads, as we have just read. But the Bible says that God is also preparing a place and has prepared a place for them that when the Antichrist comes after them, they are going to have a place to go, a place to flee. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio with Senior Pastor and Teacher Rob Kellogg. Today we learn about the servants of our God taken from the children of Israel. We aren't told what exactly their service is, but the 144,000 are sealed for a specific and unique purpose. However, the general idea of being sealed is not limited to them. We are also sealed with the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's message. Tough spot before they get there. The Holocaust and, and the, the Nazi uh, concentration camps were nothing compared to what's coming for the Jews. There's going to be more killed in the tribulation than has ever been known combined. And it's interesting, too, I find, that he places the seal on their foreheads because we learn later on in Revelation, and we're going to get there, in Revelation 13, we find this false prophet who is a part of the demonic trinity with the beast or the Antichrist. He is going to have those on the earth receive a mark on their foreheads or on their right hands. And Revelation thirteen sixteen speaks of this. And notice, again, he's a counterfeiter. Satan is a counterfeiter. The Antichrist is going to be a counterfeiter. The false prophet is going to be a counterfeiter. Only counterfeiting what God has done. Do you ever notice that? Remember the plagues of Egypt? <laughs> Pharaoh's enchanters doing the same things. If they were really that good, they should counteract those things instead of going, well, you, if you're going to bring blood on the Nile, so are we. Really? Is your God bigger than my God? No. (laughs) He's a counterfeiter. In fact, Jesus said, for speaking of this time period, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonder to deceive, if possible, even the elect. That means deception is going to be rampant. It's going to be incredible. How important it is to receive Christ now? Very important. Don't wait around. Don't push it away and say, well, I'll just wait until the rapture of the church. And then, you know, if that really happens, then I'll know that God is real. People think like that. 
But you have no idea the deception that's coming. And you think you're going to be able to stand it? It's going to be a miracle for every person saved during that tribulation period. In fact, 2 Thessalonians, Paul said this. He says, The coming of the lawless one, who is the character we call the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan with all power. God's going to allow him to have all power. Signs and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Why? Because they did not receive the love of the truth. God loves you, and he gives you the truth. Do you love the truth? I love the truth. That they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Believe me, there is a deception coming that is going to be so great. If you think you're strong, you're going to fall on your face. Because without Christ in your life, without the Spirit of God, you are a pawn. No, not one of us, I don't think, has been attacked by Satan himself. We've been messed with by demons. Every one of us, I'm sure, have been tempted by them, have been messed with. But can you imagine being tempted by the devil himself? Without Christ, you're done. You're done. This being who's very powerful, he's not more powerful than God. He's a created being. Make no mistake. You don't have to fear him. He's a defeated foe because Christ has defeated him on the cross at Calvary. But don't think for one minute that you have the strength and the power to withstand his deceptions. It's going to be a miracle. It was a miracle that you got saved. My salvation is a miracle. I was totally engrossed in my sin when God knocked on my door, and I found him so irresistible. Isn't it great how much he loves? I love it. I love it. So verse 4, And I heard the number of those who were sealed, and 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. And why are they sealed? Because they will be hunted. They will be hunted by this man of sin. In this first three and a half year period, they will be sealed. And there's going to come a point where the Antichrist is going to hunt them. All believers, especially the Jews, the persecution is going to be incredible. The massacre, the martyrdom is going to be huge on a great scale. We've never seen before. All the world wars, nothing compared to this. The Holocaust, nothing compared to this. This is the worst time. That's why Jesus said, unless he shortened that time, nobody would survive it. No one would survive it. God is placing them under a sort of protected custody. (laughs) I like that. From the Antichrist and his armies. And they will be used by the Lord to reach out, to minister to those on the earth. And one one of the things I really love is that God is going to preserve them. And how is he going to do that? He's certainly going to put a seal on their foreheads, as we have just read. But the Bible says that God is also preparing a place and has prepared A place for them that when the Antichrist comes after them, they are going to have a place to go, a place to flee. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 63, it says this, The Lord in judgment, it says, uh, Who is this who comes from Edom? We know that Petra is in the land of Edom over in Jordan today. Who is this who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? Basra is that area around Petra. This one who is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength, I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. That's the answer. 
Why is your apparel red? There's like this dialogue going on, going on. Why is your apparel red and your garments like one who treads in the winepress? And the answer is, I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me. For I have trodden them what in my anger and trampled them in my fury. Their blood was sprinkled upon my garments, and I have stained all my robes. For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. God is going to, when he returns for the, when he returns in his physical second coming at the end of that seven-year tribulation period, he is going to take care of business. He's going to take care of business. In Isaiah chapter, uh, actually, let me go to Micah for the sake of time. You can look at Isaiah chapter 41, 17 through 20 if you'd like, but I'm going to read to you another prophecy in Micah. Micah chapter 2, verse 12, it says this, I will surely assemble all of you, Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. And it's speaking about this time period that we're talking about. He says, I will put them together like sheep in the fold. And I love this. The word fold is literally the word basra, where God is going to shepherd them and hold them together during that time as he protects them in the rock city of Petra. Anybody been to the Rock City of Petra? Raise your hand. Virginia has. So she knows. I've never even been there. I can't. I'd love to go there. But it is impregnable. It's made of rock. I mean, what do you do with that? All you can do is nuke it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a narrow pathway, isn't it, Virginia? There's a, and part of it, there's, there's, there's huge mountains on each side. And you've got this, huge, this little valley that, for those of you who have eaten too much during COVID-19, you're going to have to suck it in a little bit, and you're going to walk through, and you walk through for quite a while, and then you get to an open space, and then you'll see, and there's places, caverns, and they'll hide in the rocks, and God has already prepared for them. And he has today. Christians have already put in scriptures and things in there in anticipation of when that day occurs. They're going to be well fortified. They're going to be well prepared. It's there today. You can go visit it. God is going to do it. He's prepared a place for them. And we see in Revelation 12, which is uh, really around the midpoint of the tribulation period, what does it say in Revelation 12, verse 13 through 17? It says this, Now when the dragon, when the, the Satan himself saw that he had been cast to the earth, and, and we'll get into all of this in context later, uh, later on, weeks from now, he persecuted the woman. This dragon is Satan, and he is going to persecute the woman who is Israel, who gave birth to the male child. Who is the male child? Jesus Christ. And notice, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the presence of the serpent. A times, times, and a half a time. A time is a year, a time is two years, and a half a time is a half a year. 42 months, 1,260 days. Three and a half years. Does that ring a bell? Two wings of a great eagle. And so the serpent spewed water, and this is um, going on in, in verse uh, 15 of, of that uh, Revelation chapter 12. And so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. 
But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of its mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, the Jews, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so we see very clearly, and and Jesus talks about this in Matthew 24. I would encourage you to read all of Matthew 24. He talks about this too, that when when the abomination of desolation is set up, and we've, we've talked about that already in this midpoint of of this tribulation period, that Jesus says, flee. Don't even get your belongings. Trust me, I've got it all ready for you. Flee to the mountains of Judea and go to the rock city of Petra. He tells them to go there where they will be protected. I love that. That's what a good shepherd does. It's what a good shepherd always does. Jesus is our good shepherd. Amen. He loves you with an everlasting love. And again, we're talking about a period that's very difficult to talk about. Very difficult. And you know, I, had, I didn't have it in plan to get into the book of Revelation when we did. It just so happened to be the next chapter, the next book that we were going to be getting into. You remember when uh, two years ago we started in James... And we've just been going systematically through the New Testament. And then on Thursday nights, we're going systematically through the Old Testament. And we just happened to land at Revelation around when the COVID-19 thing happened. I don't think that's any... I'm not saying that, you know, we're... You know, I, I think we're getting very, very close to the church being taken, okay? I really believe that. Because things are getting increasing. I, we all agree with that, right? Things are ramping up. It was no mistake, I believe, and I had no clue, had no clue. And I love how God does that because there's no way I could have known that. Nobody's seen it coming. The hospitals weren't ready for it. It hit us, and we were caught. We weren't ready. Back into our text this morning, verse 5 of seven, or chapter 7, it says, Now of the tribe of Judah, finally, 12,000 were sealed. Of the, of the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Gad, 12,000 were sealed. Notice who is the first in this listing here. There, there's really, I haven't figured out a rhyme or reason of the order of this list, but there's some really interesting peculiarities about this list, and, and I don't pretend to know all of them. There are many, but you're going to notice that there's a tribe or two missing, and especially one that will be very obvious here in a moment. But it starts off with Judah. Judah has always been the lawgiver. Judah has been the one that Jesus came out of that tribe, and so he's listed first here for good reason. He's the law. It represents the law. It represents the lion. It represents Jesus Christ. So these 144,000... As, as we continue to read them, they will be preserved to go through this judgment. And God knows who they are, these 144,000. We don't know. Apart from DNA, no one really knows if they belong. If you're a Jew, do you, which tribe do you belong to? Does God have a problem with that? In 70 AD, all the genealogical records in Jerusalem were destroyed when Titus destroyed Jerusalem with the fire. Remember? And, and, and the temple was destroyed. Their genealogical records were destroyed. But does God know who these 144,000 Jews are from specific tribes? Believe me, he does. He knows the very DNA strain of each and every one of us. He can say, he can look at you and say, I know exactly where you came from. And if you've got a moment, I can tell you. First, there was Adam. 
And then, then, you know, he could go through it. We all came from Adam. And ultimately, we all came after the flood. We all came from Shem, Ham, or Japheth. Do you know that? One blood. Enough variability in our DNA to give us all the skin colors that we have, all the different characteristics of the human race. One blood. We all came from one. It's a fact. I don't care what anybody says. The science proves it. People who don't like the Bible and don't like God will try to disprove it, but they're wrong. I believe in the Bible, and it's very understandable. But God knows the DNA of these. He knows who they are. And verse 6, of the tribe of Asher, 12,000 were sealed. Again, everywhere where you see the word sealed from verses 3 through 8 in this chapter is the same word that I was talking about before, sfragizo, the stamp, the sealing that is irrevocable. It's a seal that God places. It's a seal. Of the tribe of Asher, verse 6, 12,000. Of the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 were sealed. It's interesting here, after Naphtali, there should be another one listed here. You ever notice that Dan, the tribe of Dan, is not mentioned? Now, Naphtali and Dan were both brothers from their mother, Bilhah, who was Rachel's handmaid. Remember, Jacob had two wives, Leah and Rachel. And Rachel had a handmaid, if you remember. She couldn't have children, so she tells Jacob to go have a child by her handmaid, Bilhah. And certainly, Jacob, being the most discerning man in the world, goes and has relations with her. And out comes Naphtali and Dan. But notice, Naphtali is mentioned, but Dan isn't. Why is it? Well, there's some speculation. Could be that Dan... uh, Dan was certainly, we see something really interesting in Genesis 49 when Jacob was old and on his deathbed, he said this prophecy concerning Dan as he spoke to all of his 12 sons. He spoke Dan and he said this, Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that its rider shall fall backward. And then he says, I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. A very cryptic kind of spooky verse that Jacob prophesied over the tribe of Dan. Some believe that the Antichrist is going to come from the tribe of Dan. And it's very possible. There's some scripture that could corroborate that, and others believe that he's going to be a Gentile. It's hard to see. We don't really know. And you know what? It doesn't really matter whether he's a Jew or a Gentile. Why? Because we're not going to be here anyway. Amen? Amen! Let's go have lunch. (laughs) So... So that is the deal. Dan is not mentioned here, and it could be that they're missing in this last in this list because they were the main forerunners in idolatry. They were one of the first tribes to break away from the whole uh, the whole group of tribes and start their own thing. You remember? Uh, I would encourage you to listen or watch the message on our website uh, from last Thursday. We got into Judges chapter seventeen and eighteen. Couldn't have happened at a better time. It goes along really well with what we're talking about because Dan was a tribe that began. It's idolatry. Went to Ephraim and to this prophet named, or this man named Micah, who had a house full full of shrines. And they ultimately they they sacked this man's house, and then they went further up north and built another city, a city way to the north, right on the border of Lebanon. It used to be called Laish, it's or Leshem, but today we know it as Tel Dan. For those of us who went to Israel, we visited Tel Dan, and they started idolatrous worship there. And what happened several hundred years after that? Jeroboam set his golden calf 
on the altar there in Dan. We visit that altar when we go to Israel. It's there. It's verifiable. He set one up in Dan and Bethel. The tribe of Dan, they were the forerunners in this idolatry. Could it be that they're not listed because of that? It's very possible. Going on in verse 7 of our text, says, Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. Verse 8, Of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. And we don't really hear much more of these 144,000 until chapters 12 and Chapters 14 of Revelation, we see more of them at that point. But notice in verse 9, we run across a different group of people. So now we see Israel, the 144,000 being sealed, and now there's a whole different group of people that are going to be martyred, but saved and in glory during this tribulation period. It will cost them their lives. And if, you're, if it doesn't cost you your life, it's only because you've been, you're a good runner. And you've been able to outrun them. There are cameras everywhere in the world now. If you have a cell phone, if you're a criminal, word of advice, and this is kind of bad for me to say, but I think any criminal would know. If you really want to be a criminal, you better not carry around a cell phone, a watch, whatever. You get rid of it. Then you'll be off the grid, but you're still going to be seen by people. You're still going to be seen by cameras. And do you think there are things in place to identify you? Yes, they are. But notice, now we're on to the second half of this book, of this chapter, and it says, after these things, again, metatauta. We saw that in our, in our outline of the chapter in, in chapter 1, verse 19. So now, even after these things, and in fact, the very beginning of this chapter said, after these things. After what things? After the sixth seal. God sealed these 144,000. And now we get to verse 9 here. After these things, the same exact words. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, notice, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. Does that sound like the Jews or somebody different? Different, right? Somebody different. These are the Gentiles. Peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes. Where do we get that from? We saw that back in Revelation chapter 6, didn't we? We saw another, the, the, the same group, or at least a, a part of this group. It says, Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a, a while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. So in the tribulation, even in chapter 6 when it started, there are people going to be martyred. And this group here is going to be martyred as well. They will be martyred, and they will be given a white robe. We believe these are the same group of people, I believe. Notice, with palm branches in their hands. Does that remind you of Palm Sunday? And then we get to verse 10. And crying, these, these people of tongues and peoples and tribes and nations, crying out with a loud voice, saying, What salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb? So now we're speaking of God the Father who is on the throne, God who is spirit that no one can see, God the Father who dwells in unapproachable light, who has no visage that we can look upon him in these bodies and live. We need new bodies to even stand in his presence. And do you know that we're not going to see God the Father? We will always see him as it's pictured here in his effulgence. It's going to be glorious, but we're not going to see a figure. He's a spirit. No man has seen God and lived, but we will see Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. 
right? We will see him. Amen? Aren't you glad this is your destiny? This is your hope, Christian. That's why they call it a blessed hope. A blessed hope. And all the angels, verse 11, stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God. Saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Another doxology, another utterance of praise that this group gives to God the Father and to his Son, Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of God who fills all in all. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.